welcome back to the Moving Pictures Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Holtzclaw, and today has been a doozy, and it's only noon. Um, I'm so beyond exhausted. I don't know if I'm making sense. I don't know if my brain is working. I just chugged some coffee, so hopefully that'll help. But I just want to, like, literally wing this episode um, I mean, I've planned it and I, I researched a lot and I watched a lot of videos on this, but I don't want to spend a lot of time in editing. I don't want to have to like redo and re-speak a lot of things. So what you get is what you get today. Um, and I think that's very on brand for me and for my life right now, but this is, it is what it is. Okay. Um, I'm very excited about this episode. And I really need an outlet to talk right now. So I feel like this is the perfect time for me to record. Um, And all that to say, we are going to be discussing a very popular franchise of films. That franchise is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So as you all know, Marvel has produced countless movies. Um, we got, I, I wanted to write all of the movies down, but I feel like a long list like that would be super boring and unnecessary, but we're talking X-Men, Avengers, excuse me, my my throat just gurgled. Um, we're talking X-Men, we're talking Avengers, we're talking... Um, Spider-Man, we're talking anything that's not DC, um, anything that's in association with Marvel is within the realm of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I really only considered like the Avengers, like those characters, their origin stories, and um, like the actual Avenger films where they're like all in the movie together. And I guess Black Panther. I really only considered them in the Marvel Cinematic Universe up until this last Doctor Strange movie because they are finally introducing other Marvel like not worlds but like films into the realm of the Avengers so spoiler alert if you haven't seen the new Doctor Strange basically X-Men are there, Fantastic Four are there, I'm not gonna, <laughs> anyway, anyway, it was a good movie, um, and then, like, all of Doctor Strange's, like, world, so his kind of, like, origin story is involved heavily, but also, like, the Avengers and Spider-Man and whatever, so it is blending more now than I think we've seen since, I guess, before, like, Avengers Endgame, at least that's my perception of it. And I like that. I think it's, I mean, I think it's really smart to, now that like the Avengers is kind of over, quote unquote, I feel like it's really good to bring in new blood, new characters, um, new stories that are like beloved by a lot of people or even just like new to some people, Um, you know, I guess depending on the audience age range. And I think it's, I mean, Marvel could go on and on and on forever making movies based on comics 
and the characters that they've like created. Um, and I also want to get this out of the way. Marvel is better than DC. I'm so sorry. I love, well, okay. So I used to think that like the Wolverine was DC, but it's actually, he's part of the X-Men, so it's Marvel. Um, and the Wolverine is the first, um, like comic book slash superhero movie that really got me into superhero movies. Um, which is interesting. I really haven't seen like any of the other ones. I've just seen like the first Wolverine. Um, and not like I literally, uh, first Wolverine and X-Men. I think those are the only ones I've seen with Hugh Jackman. But anyway, so basically what I'm, <laughs> what I'm saying is I think Marvel can literally just never stop making films, making a profit, introducing new people. Like there's just so much that they can do with a lot of stories. Um, and I think that's what they're doing. I think they're really, you know, marketing themselves as like the superior super hero villain comic book kind of film company. Um, that sentence, <laughs> guys, I'm so tired. That sentence just like sounded super weird in my head. No, it sounded good in my head, super weird when I said it, but whatever, you get the gist. Um, so basically my favorite Marvel movies, I do love X-Men, but since seeing all of the, um, like Avengers, other films, I would have to say it's not in my top like three anymore. Um, I really like Venom, which I know is like in association with Marvel, but I think they're about to intertwine him with like Avengers, specifically Spider-Man. And I'm really hoping that's going to happen. I need that to happen. Um, Tom Hardy, dude, we need him more. We need more of him. And his movies are very funny. It kind of reminds me of like Deadpool. Like they're, it's comical. Um, more so than a lot of the others. And I think, although that's like a, a kind of a trademark for these superhero films through Marvel is like, there's some comedic, um, what's the word? Like, uh, comedic relief, um, it, like amongst all the tension and conflict. But I think each film also has their own pace and it's, that pace is geared towards what kind of story. So like, I, I just watched Captain America, the, um, the three recently. And I feel like because he's more of a soldier, it has like that kind of aspect to it. Like it is more about soldiers and, um, kind of the quick pace that you see in like war movies and, um, anything kind of relating to like the middle mi military, excuse me, I think is is relatable to Captain America and the pace and the tone and that kind of thing. And then if you look at, you know, like Ant-Man, the pace is more of like a heist. It's more of like a robbery. It's more of, um, like crime thriller kind of pace. It's also superhero obviously, but I really like that they create different vibes for each movie. Um, anyway, so Venom is, is one of my favorites. I love the pace. I, 
I guess it's more of like a scientific pace kind of like you know experiment gone wrong kind of thing um to me that's the vibe I get um but obviously that's just you know my opinion um I also I do love the Spider-Man movies the one with the ones with Tom Holland because I grew up on the ones with Tobey Maguire and my younger brother well he's not really young anymore but my younger sibling loved them when he was younger and so, obviously, I got into them and would watch them with him all the time. And so, I'm really tied to that. Um, so, obviously, watching the most recent Spider-Man, um, No Way Home, when all three of them come in. I'd never watched Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. I'll just say that. But, obviously, I knew, like, that I knew his, I know his story. Um, I loved that there was the three Spider-Mans. There was Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland. But, like, loved that. That was amazing. So anyway, clearly Marvel has just like these amazing ideas and amazing means of telling these stories, retelling these stories, creating these stories, creating the dynamics between the characters and, you know, good versus evil, magnified, all of that. I love. Um, I will say I hate Endgame. I hate it. I hate Endgame. Infinity Wars is like, eh. I like it better, obviously, because Endgame was just like, like the end. And you guys know I don't like the end. I don't like the end of series. I don't like the end of movies. I don't like a good story ending. It just annoys me. I want it to keep going. I want to keep living in the fantasy land that is that film or book or TV show or whatever. Um, so I really don't like Endgame because of that. But I think I've mentioned this before. I don't like when bad things happen in TV or movies or whatever that could have been avoided. And I'm not saying Thanos could have been avoided because the whole thing is he thinks he's inevitable. And, you know, in the realm of like time and space, he kind of is. But I'm like all of these Avengers, all of these superhumans like attacking him at the same time and they can't they they can't win like I I think that's stupid <laughs> I think he is like the best and worst villain that Marvel has seen and it I just hate it I hate it so I guess I'll say I hate the end of Infinity Wars and I hate Endgame um I think yeah right yeah yeah no I don't know whatever I'm getting confused um I literally just went through and watched them all in um chronological order so not release order uh yeah but chronological order of like how the stories are told I think I want to go back and watch them in release order and just kind of like get that perspective because I'll talk about this in a little bit under my thoughts which I guess I've kind of already gotten into but I feel like unless you are like super diligent about making sure that you remember every little thing you will never fully understand the Marvel universe like there's no way unless you like are super again super dedicated to this that the average Joe can just watch these films and understand everything like they're so intertwined 
with the comics, with the stories that go before it and go after it, and then the origin stories, and then the ones like the Avengers with all of them, and the TV shows, and all, and all of that. So it gets hard. It gets tricky to follow along. Um, but for me, I'm like, if I get the gist, I'm good. And that's why I watched them all in chronological order because I was like, okay, I actually want to like understand a little bit more what's happening, especially because Thor is about to come out and I freaking love Thor. So yeah, um, I think I'm going to have a lot of questions before and after <laughs> going to see Thor. So I'm going to have to like research and just a lot of people post articles that are like, everything you need to know before you go see this movie or like everything you need to know leading up to this movie what everything you need to know about this specific character like they do a lot of those so I utilize that um before and after I go see a Marvel movie but anyway so I guess I should explain kind of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe in as simple terms as I possibly can um so MCU is an American media franchise and shared universe centered on a series of superhero films produced by Marvel Studios. So like pretty pretty self-explanatory. You guys, I think this coffee is hitting because I've just felt my brain just like reboot and just go at like a hundred miles an hour. Um so again, what an amazing time for me to uh record. Um, I think this will bode well for the episode. Okay, anyway. Um, these films are based on characters that appear in American comic books published by Marvel Comics. Um, it also includes TV series, short films, digital series, and literature. Um, and obviously film. Um, this universe was established by crossing over common plot elements, settings, casts, and characters. And so... I think, you know, as I was watching them in order, you could kind of see this progression of um, characters' origin stories only being them. And then by, like, the third, second or third of, like, each character. So, like, Iron Man 2 and 3, Captain America 2 and 3, um, Thor 2 and 3, they bring in all of the other Avengers characters. Not all. They bring in some other Avengers characters, like, into that story and so it kind of felt like you got multiple Avengers films that weren't of, like, the four actual Avengers films. Um, or three? Three or four? So I liked that. But I think Marvel also realized that the more characters they had in each movie would bring a bigger audience, would bring in more money, would bring in more publicity, would just overall be more um, popular and more liked. And so I think they continued to do that. So, you know, even though they're, like, not watching Avengers Affinity Wars, Captain America, the um, Civil War, has, like, almost all of them in it. So I feel like that is kind of how they found their success, is realizing that people love all of the characters and love to see them all interact with each other. And so even if it was, you know, a character's origin story, they're just going to include as many other Avengers that they could. Um, so here are some of the Marvel directors. This is not all of them, obviously. And not a lot of them like repeat films. So if 
you know, Alan Taylor directed the first Thor, but that doesn't mean that he directed the second and the third. Um, and that goes for all of them. So, um, Scott Derrickson directed Doctor Strange, Peyton Reed, um, he directed Ant-Man 1 and 2. Um, Josh Whedon directed The Avengers and The Avengers Age of Ultron. There is four. There is four Avengers. Um, John Watts directed Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, but he did not do the last one, No Way Home. James Gunn directed Guardians of the Galaxy, both. Um, Ryan Coogler directed Black Panther and John Favreau directed Iron Man and Iron Man 2, which I love John Favreau. He is, he plays Happy Hogan in Iron Man. So he was acting and directing, which is really cool. Um, the, the mark of the first MCU film was in 2008 with the first Iron Man. That's kind of officially started the MCU. Um, and phase one ends with the Avengers, the first one, in 2012. Um, phase two began with Iron Man 3 in 2013 and concluded with Ant-Man in 2015. Which I also would like to, um, I would like to say I thought Ant-Man was going to be really stupid and just never was really interested in it. And I'm like hooked. I freaking love Paul Rudd. I love that story. I love everything about it. Um, I am hooked. So, especially like Ant-Man and, um, and the Wasp, like, loved it. Loved it. I don't know why I thought I wouldn't. But anyway, um, phase three began with Captain America Civil War in 2016 and concludes with Spider-Man Far From Home in 2019. The first three phases are collectively known as the Infinity Saga. So I feel like that is like the chunk of the Avengers and their story. And I think everything that's coming after it is just going to be kind of like piecemealed of the Avengers. But I don't think it's really going to be like besides Spider-Man um, and like Thor. I feel like there's I think there's just going to be continued like origin stories like individual films about characters I don't think there's going to be like continued huge like conglomeration of characters in one film that's just my theory but you know I don't know um and phase four began with Black Widow last year so that includes everything or sorry that's still going obviously but that includes everything from Black Widow to like Eternals and Doctor Strange and then the whatever the one, um, the Shanghai one, the Doctor Strange kind of like spinoff. All of those are phase four. And I guess the new Thor would be phase four. I guess the new Ant-Man, I think they're doing that, like releasing that in like a year. Those, I guess, will be considered phase four. Um, the TV series that they launched are uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Slingshot, and WandaVision. Um, I haven't seen any of those. I know everyone's, like, everyone was raving about WandaVision, but I don't have Disney+. Plus. Um, my brother and sister-in-law do, but they won't, like, reset their password to give it to me, and they don't know the current one. So, I have just been renting everything for, like, $3.99 on Prime, but, um, I mean, I think it's worth it. 
but I really don't want to rent like whole series um because that adds up and I also like it's not that I don't care it's just that I'm like okay I feel like I can just kind of get the information from the movies uh but I don't know we'll see maybe I'll change my mind um Stan Lee created or co-created most of the Marvel comics. So he started with Marvel in 1961 um, and then he went on to make like almost all of these, which is why he cameos in every Marvel film. Um, he passed away in 2018. But basically like Stan Lee was such a big creator be I mean, because he, like, you know, wrote these original stories, but because he really wanted to make superheroes feel more real and make the unrealistic seem real and seem possible. Um, and I think he does. I think the whole reason that Marvel seems different and has become so popular, well, one of the main reasons is because these stories are different. Like, yes, they follow a very... Uh, like simple stereotypical formula of of good versus evil and he also like gives each character like their own flaws so he makes them real people like doing superhuman things for the good of everything um and speaking of you know evil he also had hand in creating a lot of the villains like the Green Goblin who is my favorite villain because as I said I love the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans um that actually the Green Goblin was the first like TV villain or like Hollywood villain that ever gave me nightmares um besides like animated Scooby-Doo villains when I was younger um my friends and I called me visually disturbed because I would have nightmares kind of like at anything but when it comes to villains, like I think real life, non-animated um, villains, the Green Goblin was the first one that kept me awake at night. Um, and I actually studied him in film theory. So basically in the first um, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, when um, William Defoe, who plays Green Goblin, is still like a human, isn't he hasn't turned evil yet, when he hears... The Green Goblin voice which is really in his head but when he hears it and he looks in the mirror and like he quotes is talking to himself as the Green Goblin that in film theory is what we call the invisible one and there's actually been a lot of discussion on whether when you can't see what what a character is talking to responding to um, hearing seeing when we can't, as the audience, can't see that, do we relate more to the object that we can't see once we see it? Or do we identify more with the main character because we see him or her instead of seeing the thing that he's responding to or reading or talking to or whatever? Um, so it's called the invisible one. And the easiest example is... You know, say you see a character open a book, but you don't see the book yet. And then the next shot is an insert shot of the book. That is considered the invisible one before we actually see that he's looking at a book or what's in the book. That is the invisible one. Now, in the case of Green Goblin, 
do I think that we relate more to the evil William Defoe just because we can't see him at first? Like we just hear him but can't see him? No, because he's still a villain and he's still the bad guy. Can we relate to the notion of hearing something in our head or hearing ourselves say something, you know, talk to ourselves about something evil, about something that, you know, isn't good, about something that, you know, maybe we shouldn't tell our friends we thought about. Yes. But the whole notion of the invisible one is that because we can't see it at first, we relate to it automatically, no matter what. That I don't agree with. Um, but it's a really, it's a fun, like, thought-provoking question. And every single time I see William Defoe, I think about it. And it gets me, like, on this, on this train of debate every time. Um, which is kind of also why he's my favorite villain. I think I love film theory. And so that was like my favorite class that I've ever taken. And I love like researching these kind of things and going back to my old textbooks and just literally having lively debates with myself um, every time I think about it. But that's why he's my favorite villain. All that to say. Um, <laughs> that was such a long story. But anyway, um, yeah, so uh, Stanley also created Loki, Magneto, and um, Kingpin, and more, but those are the big ones. And I just, disclaimer, Stan Lee did not create Marvel himself, but he did create a lot of these stories when he worked for Marvel, and that's why he's seen as like the godfather of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But he is not like a founder of Marvel. The... Marvel franchise has outperformed both Star Wars and Harry Potter as a series if you combined them. So not only has Marvel outperformed Star Wars individually and Harry Potter individually, it has outperformed both if you combined them. Which is insane. Do you know how many people are like obsessed with Harry Potter? That are like, I mean, still to this day, like they watched them as kids, typically, and now they just like are still obsessed. I, it's crazy. I mean, and I haven't seen all of the movies. I don't, I don't really enjoy them. It's not like I dislike them, but I just don't like see the appeal. I feel like when I'm watching them, I feel like I'm kind of wasting time watching, like watching something that's like mediocre when I could be watching something better. Which I know, you can come for me, whatever. But I just, like, am not, like, a huge fan. And I loved Star Wars when it came out. I dressed up as Princess Leia for, like, seven Halloweens in a row. But I don't tip, like, I, I never really have a craving for them. I never really feel that inkling or, like, need to rewatch them now as an adult. I feel like... I saw them and I'm good. I saw them a lot when I was a kid, so I'm, like, very good. You know, don't need to, like, relive those. But I feel like with Marvel, like, if there's enough time in between when I last saw it to the present, I feel like I could watch them all the time. I feel like 
there's just always like something new that I pick up on because it's so complicated that it's not just like, oh, you watch it once and you understand everything that's happening. You kind of just get the gist. Well, at least for me. And so I feel like that's super interesting because every time I watch them, I pick up something new and I learn some new information or I relate some information to a movie that, you know, just kind of like fit together that I didn't like put together before. So all that to say, like, I just think Marvel is the best. I think it's like a fan favorite when you look at franchise series like this, especially like, like fiction, um, kind of like, uh, not sci-fi, but like fantasy fiction. I feel like you can't compete. Um, but that's just me. Um, I also don't like DC. I know I've already said that. I just don't, they just go on too long and they just feel like too dramatic and I don't know. I don't hate them. And I definitely loved Wonder Woman when I saw it. But it's like I hated Aquaman. I was like, what am I watching? This is just a waste of time. It didn't feel as um, formulated as um, like as developed as Marvel in my opinion. Um, and I felt a little bit more ridiculous, like just a little bit too unrealistic, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just being biased. I don't know. So the big question here that I've been contemplating is why are these films so popular? And I think I've kind of thrown out some of my like random thoughts that kind of, to me, help it make sense why they're so popular, but I did a lot of research and these are kind of the collective answers that I got um one is escapism like this film just takes you away it's so intricate that you the universe is so intricate I'm not like I wouldn't say the content is super intricate or like super complex but the storyline is and all of the like mixing storylines crossovers plots all the tones all of it I think that is complex and I think that that keeps you engaged in a escape kind of way. You want to get into this universe and you're kind of brought there whether you like like it or not as long as you're watching. So I think if you're like on your phone like okay whatever you can really tune it out which is again why I call it brain candy but I think if you were just enjoying the movie you'll get like thrust into the universe, which I think is the whole goal. Um, and also like very common, I think. And again, why I think the films are so popular. Another reason I think is nostalgia. So nostalgia for the comics and for these stories. I think that's kind of self-explanatory, right? Like people who read these comics when they first came out, people like my parents and their parents I think for them it's like a they're just reliving their childhood but they actually get to see like their favorite childhood characters like come on screen rather than just like come off the page you know or like in their imagination I don't know I I don't know but I think you guys know what I'm saying I think it makes sense um and then also just like if you know for me Okay, the first Marvel film I saw was in 2008 I with Iron Man. I was 10, 11 years old maybe. 
And I'm really surprised my parents, like, let me go see it. But I guess that's the perks of having an older brother who is, like, into this stuff or was into this stuff. Actually, he still is. What am I talking about? Then I think, whatever, I think that just helped, like, persuade my parents to just take us both. Um, But I was young. And I think now I feel like I've kind of grown up with these stories. And no, I didn't read the comics, but I saw the movies as they were coming out and as they were created on screen. And I feel like that just adds, like, a little bit of attachment, I guess, like, emotional attachment to these stories and, like, maybe why I like them so much because I feel like I've grown up with these stories and I think my like my parents in the older generations feel that as well just with comic books and so to see it on screen is like a totally new experience with old experiences coming out in their minds if that makes sense um and then also just like the appeal of a superhero as point number three like we love a good good versus evil kind of like like duality there that there's like an enemy and then there's a good guy and even if the good guys have some flaws which in most of the marvel films they do it still pulls you in as this is good versus evil like this is who to hate this is who to love and i think we love that i think we love to have things kind of spelled out for us in movies i think there's a time and a place to form your own opinion and have your own interpretation as you're watching and like after but i think for these films like the whole point of why they're so easy to watch is because we get told how to feel we get to see real life character in the good guys and real life development and you know good and bad in them as well but like in these bad guys you're like i know to hate you like okay maybe you have like a horrible backstory but like we know to hate you and that makes this movie easy and it makes it brain candy but it's fun and um that's also why I call it brain candy because it's fun it's not a bad thing it's not that you know it's unenjoyable because like you can't think critically I think it makes it fun like candy's good brain candy is fun you know um And then also just like this drama. So this good versus evil creates so much conflict and drama and it's entertaining. And again, we love that. We love conflict on TV. I mean, TV and movies would be boring without it. And that's why people love soap operas. That's why there's so many seasons of Grey's Anatomy. I mean, we just love, we thrive on watching other people's drama. And, you know, there's... Some people that want drama in their own life and will, you know, cause that chaos themselves. But generally speaking, when it comes to TV and movies, the whole point of watching it is that we get to see other people's, like, turmoil and conflict and successes and victories. You know, like, we want the drama, just not in our real lives most of the time. So we get to, you know, get that fill on screen. Um, Also, like, the longevity of this franchising I of, of this franchise in general I think creates a lot of popularity it generates a lot of engagement and I mean with Disney plus and all the Marvel films being on there I think it's also making it easier for people to binge all of the movies like I just did and really get involved and because there's so many movies you like never run out 
So it is a very long like series of films that just gives you so much of what you're looking for. You know, if you're going through watching all of these, yeah, I mean, they are kind of repetitive and, you know, it is very, like, one story to the next is pretty similar, in my opinion. But I think having a whole list of, like, 30 films that you can watch when you feel like binging, that's a great opportunity for you to get invested. You know, like, that's a great, they're, they're creating the availability of this long story of the universe that you can, like, entrap yourself in with all of the films does that make sense I feel like it did but you know who knows um and also just like the rise and advancement of CGI so I don't understand CGI from like a technical perspective in soup in a lot of depth I feel like I could edit <laughs> visual effects but not well I don't think I would do it well but anyway maybe I don't know, whatever, maybe I'll learn. <laughs> um, basically, I think, like, you can see that Marvel has really contributed to the rise of CGI. I mean, it's it's been kind of groundbreaking in ways, um, and it's also, like, helped set the stage for other CGI productions um, for things outside of Marvel and outside of the MCU, but I think they've Marvel specifically has, I mean, produced, but at least just, like, shown the advancement of CGI and what CGI can do, and I think that's important and worth noting. Um, it's very impressive. Please go, like, watch some YouTube videos on how they do it because it's really, really interesting, and it's, it's honestly amazing that we have the technology to do all that they do, um, for these films, and, like, the thought of even trying to do half of what these people do in the visual effects department is, I mean, it blows my mind. Like, I think I, I don't think I would last more than like 30 minutes trying to do all this. So it's really impressive. And I would really encourage you to go find videos because it's really cool. And there's a lot out there, obviously. Um, there's so many like Marvel behind the scenes. And I think it's really worth watching. Um, and just like... Like, character crossovers, like I've been saying, like, I think Marvel has made these characters, like, super loved and super important for viewers. And I think because the plot and because the characters and because the MCU in general is so complex and there's so much that goes into it, I think it's easy to love these characters and I think it's easy to love all of the, um, like, plot overlap and the character crossover and just just kind of like love I think it's easy to love watching these characters live their lives and I think that that's kind of the like viewer in me that gets really connected to these characters because it's such a big franchise I mean it's there's so many movies there's so many characters there's so many different like complexes in each movie that I think is so interesting and is designed to pull audience members in and keep them there and I think Marvel does that and just kind of like my my last note is 
I haven't wanted to talk about Marvel movies on this podcast because I do feel like they are brain candy. I feel like there's not a lot to discuss intellectually or critically if you just look at one movie. And that's when I kind of realized, like, yes, they're all kind of the same formula. They kind of feel the same. There's the same, like, theme in all of them. It's within the same universe. There's a lot of similarities between, you know, from movie to movie. But that's when I kind of realized that the importance of the franchise as a whole is what keeps people coming back. And if you look at these films as a whole, as a franchise, as a series, as a universe on screen, you can see actually how much of an impact Marvel movies has on our society and our box office and our film. You know, all of that, the industry has changed because of the popularity of Marvel films. And I think that is what I wanted to talk about today. I think I did that. I think I talked a lot about all that. But I think that that is the important thing to think about and that actually makes you think is how these films are made, how these films are so successful, how these films are just being cranked out one right after the other, and are all so popular. Um, I think it's really interesting, and I like this perspective of thinking about Marvel films. Like, yeah, they're great to watch. But when you think about all of the people that have made this happen and made this become popular, that, I think, is what is important. Um... And that doesn't exclude actors, that doesn't exclude, you know, the actual stories or the comics that came before it. Um, I think all of that is included. I think that's all part of it. And I think that literally everything I, I discussed today is why they are important and why they could go on forever. Why Marvel Studios can continue to make money on superhero films, I mean, until the end of time, is because of all that I just discussed. Um... And now I'm pooped, you guys. Um, I still have a little bit of my coffee left. So I think I'm going to chug that and then get back to work. Because I actually have some to do today. Um, I actually have a lot to do today. So <sighs> thank you guys for listening to me. Thank you guys for letting me sit here and just talk and talk and talk to myself. Um, about things that I love. And think critically and think... I don't know. You guys made me think today. <laughs> um... So thank you, and I will see you guys next week for another amazing episode. Bye! Now if you run into a fine bikini covered with fur Diamond rings and all those things, bless your life it isn't her Could she love, could she woo, could she love